just hanging out with my main man. All right. Yeah, man, you got to lean right up on that thing like this. This is well. I feel like I'm staring at you in the face. And you are staring at me. It's kind of like a moment. I don't really want to have a moment with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> have uh, Have you ever done anything like this before? Uh, no, not a podcast. No. But you do radio. I've done radio. A little bit. Nervous. Play by play, college, uh, high school baseball, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Not play by play, color, I guess. Right. No, I'm not nervous. Why would I be nervous? I don't want you getting crying. And, oh. No, I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Now, I may stutter once or twice. All right, man, you ready to kick this thing off? I'm ready, buddy. Uh, let's do it, baby. Here we go. Look at the intro music. <laughs> Listen to that. Feel that. You feel it? Oh, I'm in. All right, here we go. We're teaching a rock star podcast in Orangefield, Texas, one of my favorite schools. We're going to spend some time hanging out with Coach Smalley. He's the big man on campus. Is that a fat joke? <laughs> no, but we'll get to those. Don't you worry. We're gonna I knew it was coming. Don't worry. All right, we got dates coming up. Hey, listen, if, um, if you guys are looking at your calendars, you're going to notice that August will be here before you know it, and we have dates available for all the back-to-school stuff, so give us a call, and we'll get a date on the calendar for you. All right, let's get this thing going. All right, Coach Smalley, this is your first. This is the inaugural podcast for you, true? Very excited about it, yes. Oh, my gosh. And this is, this, you're, and by the way, you're the first coach we've ever had. Golly, what an honor. I know. That's well, what I'm saying. You've you got to raise the standards a little bit, I think. No, we've got high standards. That's why you're here. <laughs> All right, so, uh, hey, man, wait, I love this new weight room. You I like love it? it? I love it. It's amazing. This it's is what a weight room should be. Well, the kids really deserve all the credit. They went out and, and did a fundraiser and, and uh, worked hard and raised a lot of money in the community, uh, did a good job supporting the kids. So uh, all credit goes to those young guys for doing it, and uh, it's the re- they're the reason why we have this nice stuff now. Yeah, man, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And so, uh, but when you showed up here, how, first of all, how many years have, have you been here? I'm finishing my sixth year as athletic director, head football coach. And you haven't been fired yet. Uh, probably a couple times in the stands, but not by the people that count. You know? <laughs> All right. That's, we're going to get to some of that, too. But let's take it back, man. So here's what I know about coaches is my experience has been that um, those, those men that, that come into the profession of coaching, I, for, I mean, it might be 100%. All yeah. of them that I've talked to, there was a coach that was there for them. There, when, when they were in middle school and high school, there were significant male figures that were on the coaching staff that made a difference in their lives. And is that true for you? No, no question. Um, high school year, a freshman year, I had a, a world geography teacher named Richard Briggs at Bridge City High School, and he's the guy. Uh, had him as a freshman for world geography, had him again for U.S. history. And by the time I was a junior in high school, I knew exactly what I wanted to do in life, and that was to be an educator and a coach. And it, a lot of it was because of the way he dealt with kids. He took time to develop a relationship with you. Uh, he cared about you. He told you he cared about you. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, all that stuff. But, yeah, it, it, he, he's the guy that really directed me in this, in this, in this profession. What year was this? What year did you graduate? Uh, I graduated in 94. All right, because back then at that time, man, there was my, my you know, I, I graduated in 86, and what I remember, there's really two styles of coaching that I saw going through the Katy schools, and those are the ones that really care about you and build that relationship. Other ones, it was pretty military style. Yes. And you didn't feel like they cared about you. You just, you're just trying to avoid the pain. Yes. I mean, you've got some that, you know, we talk about all the time. You've got some that are standoffish, and you, you almost feared even speaking to them. And you didn't want, and then you got others that, 
you know, patted you on the back and told you they cared about you, invested time in you. And those people still got on you. Don't get me wrong. They held you accountable and all that kind of stuff. But they could do it because you knew they cared about you and you were willing to take the discipline because you knew they were looking out for your best interest. Yeah. And, you know, what I have found is, um, you know, there's that style of coaching where you're afraid, but also the style of coaching, you have such a deep relationship, like you don't want to disappoint that dude. Sure. Yeah. No question. And, man, what I have seen on the football field or on, in, in, on the court, on the mat, is those kids that don't want to disappoint they outwork yeah. the other kids that are afraid well that's that's where time. the relationship comes in you know um kids will run through a brick wall for you if they think you care about them you know if you invested the time in them and built that relationship with them and they know you care about them and you got their best interest and you you use the word love and all that they'll mm-hmm. they'll work hard they don't want to disappoint you they'll 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 work their tail off for you it's, it's the ones that you see where a kid has no relationship he knows the coach doesn't care about him he knows the coach has no interest in him you know, how can you expect that young man to go out there and lay it on the line for you? And then most of the time they won't. Oh, hell no. And, you know, and man, the other thing is like in society right now for so many kids, that coach really is the dad. Yes. And it's, and it's, it's getting, you know, more like that every year now. I mean, we got a lot of single parent homes. We got a lot of no parent homes. We got a lot of grandparent homes, you know, and we've got some kids in our district that are living with their friends, parents and things like that. And so we may be the only male role model in that young man or young female's life right now. And so, we may be the only person that, that, that can influence them and, and, and uh, you know, have that relationship with them. So you get to decide each day what kind of influence you want to have, positive or negative. And, you know, I'm going to choose to be positive. Not that I am every day, but I'm, for the most part, I'm going to choose to be positive. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, a lot of the educators and coaches will, will choose the same route. Yeah, man, you know, I always say it's, it's going to be a monumental impact either way. It's going to be positive or negative, but they're going to remember it forever. Yep. So I think going in, you know, thinking about that and, you know, being able to articulate in your mind what kind of an impact I want to have and choosing to have that impact every day, that's critical, especially for these kids, man. Well, to me, I tell people all the time, we, it's the greatest profession this side of the pearly gates, that we got a chance every day to influence young people every day. It's our decision if we want to do it negative or positive. And uh, when you look at it that way, and you might be the only real mo- uh, male role model they have, and you might be the only person they can look up to and see how you handle situations, see how you handle adversity, see how you handle failure. Uh, boy, it makes a, a lot more, um, I don't know, it makes you a little more nervous and you understand the impact you have on these kids. You know, it's not just, and it changes as I got older. You know, when I was a younger coach, I probably didn't feel this way as much. You know, I got in it because I wanted to win and I enjoyed athletics and all that. But as I've matured and gotten older and fatter, by the way, um, I see what the profession is supposed to be about, and it's more than wins and losses. And if I get fired tomorrow because of a loss, but I've had a tremendous impact on these kids, you know what, I I can walk away with my head held high because I've done what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I'll tell you what, man, is is when I see see kids on on the football field, and they're out there for two days, and it's like 173. <laughs> and and they're, and they're, I mean, and they're, they're sore, and it hurts. And I think to myself, like, what is driving that kid to show up and do this? It's crazy. Yeah, it's really unbelievable. And I think, you know, having that relationship in place, that's why they do it. I mean, kids want to compete, and they want to win, they want to be a part of a team, and all that's great. But if that relationship with, with a significant coach on the field, if, if that's not in place first, they're not going to show up, man. They just don't yeah. do it. No, no question. I mean, it, and you're not far off from 173 degrees, and it's hard on the coaches too. You yeah. know, I used to think uh, when I was a player, I used to laugh at the coaches all the time. Like, what <laughs> What are you griping about? You ain't doing nothing, you know. But now that I'm a coach, I mean, it's still hot and it's still humid, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's hard, man. I mean, it's uh, it's the first of August. It's 100% humidity. It's hot. 
it's not fun to put 20 pounds of whatever equipment on and run full speed into somebody else or have them run full speed into you. Uh, so it takes a little sacrifice and a little commitment. It takes them enjoying the sport, you know, obviously. But it also takes that relationship where they want to come, not only for the coach, but their relationship with their teammates. They don't want to disappoint their teammates either. And, and so they show up every day. It amazes me each every year to uh, watch our kids go through two-a-days and then start the program and then kind of see where you're at at the end of the year, kind of how far they come from start to finish. Yeah, man, it's the metamorphosis of the yeah. kid. And you know what, I mean, here's, you know, here's the other thing is I always, um, you know, when I hear those teachers, I hear a lot of teachers say, well, I can't get this kid to do anything. And I, and I always think about the relationship that that same kid has with the coach. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? He's out there in 173 yeah. degrees running yeah. full speed head first into some other dude. Yeah. And you can't get him to your class with a pencil. Right. And I was victim of that too, man. When I, you know, I had those kids, when I first started teaching, and I would, I'd get frustrated with the kid that wouldn't bring his materials to class, and I'd go out and see that kid in the, you know, in the weight room I mean outworking everybody I'm thinking he, he this kid is four or five minutes tardy to my class every day he's the most strongest fastest kid on the right. team but he's there for football practice so maybe it's not the kid maybe it's me yeah it's a hard thing to realize sometimes a lot of adults don't want to don't want to look at that you nah. know they all want to blame the kids and blame this instead of looking in the mirror and say if I keep having this happen year in and year in and year out and year out, you know, maybe I look in the mirror, maybe I need to change something. Maybe it ain't the kid, maybe it's me. And uh, well, I've had to do that a lot over the years, and I, and I think everybody should take that, you know, approach to it because nobody's perfect. You can always learn in your craft and get better. And sometimes, you know, those kids, you know, athletics or FFA or, you know, uh, uh, you know drama, or sometimes that's the only reason they crawl out of bed and come to school in the morning. Yeah. And so – you know, you take an interest. I may have a kid that's not in athletics but is in ag, and I'll go take an interest in his ag stuff because I know that's what he enjoys. Well, that helps me to develop a relationship with him, even though he's not in athletics, but it lets you know you care about him. That way, if that kid one day wants to come to athletics, I've already built that relationship with that kid, and sometimes that relationship will draw him into athletics. You yeah. know? And so I never wanted to be a coach that I was the reason why a kid didn't play. You know, that would, that would really hurt me. If a kid said, I don't want to play athletics because of that guy, in the way he treats me or whatever, that would crush my soul. So I don't want to be that guy, you know. Yeah. Man, when, when you were growing up with your parents, did you, did you have a kind of a stable home without you know, two parents, a traditional uh, thing? Mom and dad divorced when I was 22. So from, mm -hmm. you know, birth to college, graduation, mm -hmm. they were together. But after that, yeah. But most part, yes. One of those couples that stay together for the kids. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if my mom will say that. You know, but, uh, you know she's a wonderful lady. Uh, but, yeah, as soon as I uh, – Mm -hmm. As soon as I got out of college, they they kind of called it quits. Yeah, yeah. And then and then when you became a teacher, what what was your uh, first gig? Where, where Brid Bridge City High School? I taught freshman. Wait a minute, you went to your alma mater? Oh yeah, right. Was it bat. weird? A little bit, a little bit, because I mean I was 22 years old, and some of the kids were 17, 18 that you know weren't that much younger than me. Yeah. You know, and now you're the authority. And you figure. knew them growing up. Yes, and their families. And I mean, I never left. Yeah. You know, but I taught freshman geography and sophomore world history, mm -hmm. and then uh, coached football, basketball, and uh, did baseball too. Right. Because yeah, in small town, man, you do it all. You do everything. Here's what I love about small town. You know, I started out in small town, and um, I would, you know, in the morning I'd go pick up my my breakfast taco and my coffee, and be the same old man sitting at the mm -hmm. little table, and they would talk about football and baseball and basketball games from like the forties, <laughs> and they could tell you play by play. I mean, they're still talking about it. Yeah. I love that, man. It, it's, you know, I tell the kids all the time, <clears throat> you know, when you're 20 years out of high school or 30 years out of high school, and this is not disrespectful to any uh, core teacher or anything like that, but you don't go to your 30-year reunion and talk about your grade in algebra. 
you know, you go and you talk about how you did against, uh, you know, Bridge City in football, or you go talk about making the baseball playoffs, or you go talking about, you know, the drama, the one-act play. That, those are the things that you talk about in your 30-year reunion. And so, you know, don't if, if you want to do something in high school, then go do it, you know, because they don't call you back when you're my age and say, hey, will you come play for us again? You know, you get one opportunity. You get four years of high school to, to do the things you want to do. So even if it's a small school or a big school, man, go, go do everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and they, and, and not only do they talk about those, those moments and all those activities, but they also talk about those teachers. Yeah, no question. You know, especially in those core classes, because, you know, like I always tell teachers, like, man, the kid has Google on the phone. Like he can access your content. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you could, you could take a kid and put him in a college class right now, let him use his phone on the test. He's probably going to do okay. That's right. So, so what is it that you really want that kid to remember for the rest of his life when he's at the thirty-year reunion and he's and he's thinking and those kids are talking about their kooky teachers? Yeah. What is it that you want that? What's the one lesson you want that kid to take away? Because in athletics, especially for you guys, and I, don't, I, I think we talked about this before. Like, how many NFL professional football players do you have out there? Oh, there's yeah, there's thirty-two teams and there's fifty-three men on an active roster. How so, many of those came out of your program? Uh, zero. <laughs> and so we're not training kids yeah. to be professional football players. That's right. But we, re- but for me, man, this really is career education. I really believe that marching band, football, track, all that FFA welding, all it re- it's just as much career education as those career and technology classes. Because in football, in in bas- basketball, baseball, band, drill team, they really are learning those skills they're going to use every day. Well, and you learn skills. To me, one of the biggest ones is handling adversity. You know, because uh, life don't get easier when you walk across that stage in May. You know, it actually gets a little tougher. And they sometimes don't understand that. And so if you can go through trials and go through adversity and go through failure and learn not to quit and get back up and keep going and all that, that's nothing. That's all going to help you in life. And sometimes handling success, you know, not letting things go to your head. Sometimes successful people forgot how they became successful. And to, you know, hey, we're successful, we had a lot of success, but how did we do it? Oh, yeah, we worked hard. So we got to continue to work hard instead of slacking up. So I think athletics can teach a lot of great, um, you know, lessons about life lessons, how to handle things. And so that's why I really enjoy what I do. Yeah. You know, I've always heard that, you know, coaches talking about that, having having their kids learning how to win. I thought that's like a fascinating concept. Like, like, what does that mean? Like, how do you you learn? Like, especially you hear it in basketball all the time. You know, well, you know, we we just haven't got to the final. We're in the final four, but the reason we we bailed out early because we we just never learned how to win this season. Yeah, It's a fascinating concept. It's unbelievable, and it's all about the mindset. It's all about tradition sometimes, you know. And like I'll say us, you know, we've been in the playoffs five years in a row here in football. We've never gotten past the second round. School's never been past the second round in its history. So what do you got to do to break through? to get past the second round. And you got other schools, one right down the road has been the state championship four years in a row. Yeah. You know, when they start two days in August, they're not talking about getting past the second round. They're talking about playing in December. Right. And so that mindset, that mentality is already there. And, you know, and you'll see some teams that when, when they're, they're in a close game and things are kind of getting tense and sometimes they have a tendency when the stress gets there, they kind of buckle and fall yeah. instead of those teams that have that success and they – they rise to the occasion. So when you, you know, you hear about learning how to win and mm. and all that, that's kind of what it's talking about. How do we create that mindset where we're just not going to be average and we're just not going to be good, but we're going to be great? Yeah. And that's where we're trying to get here. Not only as athletic program, but as people. I don't want you to be a good person. I want you to be a great person. I don't want you to be a good team. I want you to be a great team. Mm. But then understand 
what it takes to be great yeah. is part of it too. Man, I'm a fan of sports for sure, but my, you know what I'm really a fan of is like the psychology of sports where I love watching. I love watching close games like that, and, and every chance on, on television I get, I want to look in those eyes of those players because you can really – you sure. can see – the ones, that, I mean, that just get to the next level, like a Tom Brady, like whatever that crazy psychology that mm-hmm. guy has. I yeah. mean, you could tell he's coming back. Yeah, he's it's he's going down the field. He's gonna score. Everybody on the field knows it. It's just amazing to watch where you can see the fear in other guys' eyes. You know, preparation, I think is huge. And you talk about Brady, the, the the preparation those guys put in is unbelievable. So they've already seen it. And that guy's been in the league 18, 19 years. So there's not much you can do defensively that he hadn't seen, yeah. already been through, and. Like you were talking about earlier, you see a kid work out, and he's the strongest kid in the program, but he won't bring his pencil to class, you know. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's part of it, too, that each kid has their own unique gifts. And so, you know, how can we teach a kid to read a defense, to read a coverage, to know who to throw it to based on what coverage that guy's in and do it in a four-second window, you know, but he can't go do science or something, you know. And so he's got the ability to do it. How do you draw it out of him? And I think you have to make it fun for him. You have to make it interesting to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you do that, I think that's up to each individual, you know, teacher and all that. But to just totally shut him off because you don't think he can do science, but, you know, come out here with us one day and watch film with us and listen to that kid break down every position on the field and what coverage that defense is in and, you know, where he needs to throw the ball and, and do it in, you know, the, the time of a snap of a finger. He's got the ability to do it. It's up to us as teachers and coaches to pull that ability out of them. Yeah, I'm a fan of coaches. You know that. So people ask me like, what teams do you follow? Eh, I don't really follow. Teams. <laughs> I follow coaches. Like wherever yeah. that coach goes, I want to see because it man because it, whether it's a school or an organization, a company, but especially a, a team, it's amazing what bringing in one person. Yeah. It can have an impact. But, you know, you bring that person in, and they're going to be successful. It's just a matter of it will be this year, maybe right. not next year, probably. But yeah. here they come. Yeah. It's just amazing. It, it, you know, and, uh, it, it, it's, it's, they, they've got the, the ones that are really good, the Belichicks, the Sabins, mm-hmm. those guys that are really, really good have a system, and they know their system. But I think one of the most impressive things about those two guys are is that they're not afraid to go learn something new. Yeah. and change you know a lot of people are scared of change hey, this is the way we've done it for 20 years and i'm not changing nothing i've taught it this way for 20 years this is the way i'm teaching it and you know you can forget change but if there's two coaches in the, in the football era that can, that have every right to turn around and look at the media and everybody and say you know what this is what we're doing and we're not changing for nothing it would be belichick and saving yeah. but if you go look every year they're always going finding new ways to do things better ways to improve yeah. their program so if those two guys can do it you're telling me I can't. Right. And so, I mean, I'll go talk to a tree if I feel like it's going to make my program better. Man, it's like Belichick showing up at the Spurs basketball practice, talking yeah. to Popovich, yeah. trying to figure out how he runs practice yeah. and what he can take away from basketball practice put on the football field. Yeah. I mean, and he don't have to do that. Guy's won five Super Bowls. I mean, he could just – this is what we're doing, and you can live with it. But he doesn't. He goes out and tries to find better ways to improve. I think teachers can do that too. Yeah. I don't care. You've been teaching 30 years, and you've won all kinds of awards. There might be something out there that you can go learn and bring back to your classroom that might make it better and might reach that one kid that maybe you think you can't reach, you know. Yeah. i tell you what, man, there's, you know, that's, that's the downfall of uh, – it's probably sure it's the same in coaching is, you know, being that repeated first-year coach. Because you know, you know, for, for some teachers, you know, for a school system that really does not have a good professional development programs or mentoring programs, there's a lot of teachers that get into the classroom. By the way, you know, teaching is the only profession on the planet – where they expect the same of you in your first day, your first year, as a 30-year veteran. Like, right. you're expected to produce the same results. 
and teachers get in there, close the door, and they try to do their thing. And, and you know, oftentimes they're, just, they don't, they're not mentored, they don't have help, and they get they struggle through the school year. And many times they're now they're a second year, first year teacher, mm-hmm. and then become a third year, first year teacher. But it's the same thing for coaches, you know. But here's here's what's cool, man. For there's so much mentoring built in to the kind of the coaching hierarchy. Like when you come on board at a school as a first year coach, you're not the head coach. You don't have the same expect. You, you you know you're you're a position coach, and there's somebody above you who's going to help you along the way. Man, I wish we had that for our classroom teachers. Man, that's what you know. When I started out, I was a I was a GA or graduate assistant at a high school in Brit City. I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd go to class in the mornings. I'd come after school and coach junior high kids. So, did that for four years or three years till I graduated. Then I started out freshman. And I started out varsity position coach. Then I advanced to a coordinator. And then once I was a coordinator for a while, then I became a head coach. You know, I didn't go from, you know, a 22-year-old college graduate to head coach. You know, yeah. and, and and thank God I didn't because I, you know, I wouldn't have nowhere been ready. You know, I, I probably wasn't ready when I got this job. Thought I was. You know, learned quickly. There were some things I didn't wasn't really ready for. Yeah. But in six years, I've kind of progressed and gotten better. But you're right. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's one of those things where we do have a, a good profession of helping each other out. I mean, I've made five trips this year to different schools to ask their guys how they do things. It may be off season or running plays or whatever, but every year during the off season, I'll try to seek out good programs, go visit those guys, and then see if there's one thing or two things I can pull back from them that I can implement here with us to make us better. And we've done that for six years, and there's a lot of things we've learned and pulled back that have made us better. Yeah, man, you know, I, and, and, and that's another thing, you know, I, I, I always wonder, because when it gets down to it, on some level, your job depends on wins. Yeah. I mean, I think Dr. Patterson's an awesome guy, and he believes in what you do for kids, but, man, if you're going, oh, <laughs> for yeah. whatever, no, no year question. after year after year, that's not going to last long. No, and you know that getting, you wouldn't be, you can't be a head coach and not understand that. And I, I think that's the foundation, because of that foundation. Like you guys have to go learn. You you have to you have to go find out what works and g- pull that in. And and you know I, I really think if um, a classroom teacher's job depended on winning, like mm-hmm. like I mean if you like hypothetically if you put a class on the field in front of you know six thousand fans screaming at them and screaming at their teacher <laughs> <laughs> on Friday night, you know yeah. it'd be a whole different scene, man. Well, I, I you know I think as a teacher. Surely there's somebody either in your district or the neighboring district that, that I think some would consider a master teacher or a successful teacher that – Which is different. Yeah, something that they're reaching kids and having good success that, I mean, would be happy if somebody came and asked questions to. And, you know, you can go always go learn and see what they can do. The, the, yeah. the, it, it's readily available if you're willing to maybe go travel a little bit and find somebody and seek out some things. Yeah, which is happening here in Orangefield. So we have yes. a trip coming up. Um, I guess it's next week, man. Next Sunday, I think about a dozen uh, faculty members and administrators from Orangefield are going to head to uh, Rosenberg, Texas, and go visit Polly Ryan Middle School in Lamar and uh isd and they have an amazing they just what's different and it, it, i mean they i mean you know if, there's so many great schools out there this is like a different kind of great and do some things that other people don't so what's cool about this district district is just sending people out there to see what, if there's anything we can find because man it, it, that's what i tell people like it's not the monumental things that you're just looking for little things it's yeah. those little things the simplest littlest things the fundamental things that we do over and over and over that make the biggest profound difference no question and that's why i was talking about earlier about going and visiting successful you know, football programs. I've gone and visited three state champions this year, and we can't do everything they do. Katie's a different beast. They got 9,000 kids or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that we don't. And, and, and 
you know, some of the other schools. Carthage has won six state championships since 2007. We can't do exactly what they do. But what I have found is there's two or three things that all of them do that are real similar. And saying, can we pull those two or three things over here and do it? And, and most of the time it's yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, they don't all do the exact same things, but they all do two or three things real similar, and it makes them – Help, helps them be successful. And if we can pull those two or three things here, it's going to help us. I think teaching is the same thing. Yeah. You can go visit a school that's successful. You may not, it may not be the exact same. And, you know, they may be a bigger school, have more money and all that kind of stuff. But is there one or two things that they do that you can pull back to Orangefield, Texas, that helps us grow? And I think the answer is yes. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, so many amazing people doing amazing things for kids out there. And you know, and 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 the fun and the funny thing is, I, I've learned the more I go around, I'll see something. I'm like, man, that's a great idea. And I'll remember, wait a minute, I did that. I used to do that. <laughs> why, what, what? No, why did I stop doing that? That yeah. was great. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we get caught up in the the grind of the everyday thing. We 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 lose on occasion some of the stuff that worked in the past. Sure. That we could bring back. Yeah. I mean, you know, it ain't always about reaching for the newest gimmick either. I mean, there's some things you can pull, but don't ever lose. You know what you have done that has helped you be successful as well. I think you can add things to what you've done, but don't ever quit doing what you've been doing to be successful. Yeah, all right, I'm going to give you a quick coaching story. You ready? You got it. All right, man. So I'm first job. I'm the band director. I'm living with coaches. I'm like the coaching mascot, <laughs> and um, you know they make fun of me. I'm smart of them, so I make fun of them. And uh, and but they, you know they let me. So we would we at night, man. After we'd go, I can't. I don't even know how we lived. Like I can't believe we survived. Because we would teach all day, they would coach all day, yeah. and then we, we'd hang out at the house, and we'd play, we would watch dog races on the TV, betting on dog races while playing poker all at the same oh, time. Y'all must have made a lot of money for all no, that gambling. Listen, <laughs> it's pennies, man, pennies and nickels. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, all right, so, uh, so I got to be friends with them, and um, now as part of my band director job, that means you ran a clock at the basketball games. And um, so that's cool, I can do that, so I'm running the clock. And we're in this close game, you know, and we're 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 two, we're two points down. And my my the coach keeps looking at me and kind of kind of giving me the nod, you know, like easy. Yeah. I'm thinking, what are you doing? And so at the end of the game, he goes, "Man, what, what are you doing with the clock?" I go, "What do you mean with the clock?" Because we were down by two. I said, "What are you talking? You got to slow it down." Yeah. Man. So okay. And then and so the next game we're up by four. At the end of the game, he's kind of giving me, let's, let's speed this thing up. And I'm like, you know, the clock and it goes so fast. Yeah. So then I start getting the hang of this thing where I've realized I could watch the ball, watch the ref, yeah. and I can I can I can ease that clock on if we're you know if we're behind if I can I can get a little juicer if we're heading you know if we're winning. And um, so this goes on for a few weeks, and then um, we get my superintendent gets a letter in the mail that one of the parents has me on videotape. <laughs> Playing with the clock, and I get I get a sanction from the state, man. Really? Yeah, something like I get in the magazine, whatever your your UIL, yeah, the leaguer. Yeah, yeah, yeah like on the back, the leaguer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's crazy. It was a lot of coaching cred, man. I got coaching cred right there. They like, oh, man, he's the real hey, deal. That guy's got your back from yeah. the rest of life now. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe they did that to you. It was good, and uh, man, but I tell you what, here's the thing. Um, you know, man, I've been I've been around the school a lot, and uh, and just and with these kids and these teachers, and um, seeing the level of just the depth of a relationship that you have with administrators, teachers, and kids, and how much you invest in that, man, is just um, it's inspiring, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh, it's why you do it. You know, like I said, it may not have been when I was 22 while I got in to do it, but as I've grown and, and matured a little bit. Uh, 
it's about kids. You know, and if there's, if there's one word I think educators need to know is, is, is love. I mean, if you love your kids and love what you're doing, you're going to be successful. And, and, and you can be tough. I mean, there is such thing as tough love, but the key word is love. Yeah. You can be you can be a disciplined person. You can hold people accountable, as long as those kids know you care about them and you got the best interest. Uh, the minute you lose that, I think things are going to be difficult for you. It's going to be a battle, you mm. know, throughout. But uh, it's a great community to see our community come back from a little devastation. You know, sometimes adversity brings out the best in people, and it definitely did. You know, with this, I mean, we still got kids that aren't in their homes, and uh, but they show up every day at school with smiles on their faces. They lift weights, they study, they do all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if I could have done it at 16 years old. Uh, what our kids and teachers have done here, and our administrators got good leadership, and uh, we got great people like you to come in and help out all the time and uh, help our kids grow and become better people and encourage our administrators and teachers. Man, you have no idea. I tell people that when I go talk at uh, rotaries and stuff. I said, man, the best thing you guys could do is support us, and it may be a phone call yeah. it may be an email saying coach you're doing a good job keep it up or you know whatever miss dr patterson your, your district's doing great or you know i said those kind of things help tremendously because sometimes you forget the job you're doing and you know you get a day-to-day where things don't seem so good and you go the next day and things don't seem so good and you kind of forget the good that you're doing because all you hear is the bad so sometimes man just that little positive from anybody yeah brings you back to oh yeah that's why i'm doing this you right. know and it man it helps out a lot i call it the teacher payday <laughs> it's really what it is yeah. you know yeah. i mean other professions it really is the first and the 15th but in this gig nah, I mean, there's not one of us that signed up for the big money yeah we're, no. here, we're here for the real payday which is just man it's just a thank you it's just yeah. just appreciation to see that it's working yeah. you know to see the kid cross the stage or to see the kid you know reach way beyond what anybody thought was his potential because of how much you've you've pushed him and guided him and mentored him inspired him and motivated him yeah and driven that kid Sometimes it's winning a game you might not think you should win. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, in all honesty, sometimes you go against an opponent, and, and if you played them ten times, you probably they probably beat you ten times. But that one night, that one week, that one whatever, yeah. you go out there and beat them, and you kind of look over and you see the elation on the kid's face. That oh my goodness, can we you know we just did this, and yeah. man, to see moments like that. It, it, I don't care. It, you know, I've had a coach tell me before. I felt like I was getting getting paid to play. You know, I'm going to work for free. I get to play, you know, be right. around kids and, and athletics. And, man, sometimes it feels like that, that I would kind of do this for free, you know. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be able to – probably wouldn't be married to have kids or anything <laughs> like that. But, yeah. I mean, there's days I come in for free and just because I love being here. Yep. Yeah. This is it, man. You found it, man. You're, you you have any uh, aspirations of moving on and doing that big big school thing? Or you, Not right now. Man, no, you love I, it here. I, I love the small school thing. You know, I love that our kids uh, – are involved in a lot of stuff yep. you know we don't have a whole lot of uh, uh specialty kids that play one sport we got most of our kids play three sports or two sports i like that about it uh i like my kids going to a small school where they get a lot of one-on-one stuff my you know my wife works here she loves it within the community you know maybe one day but uh if you know if they run me off i may not have a choice but uh <laughs> you know, as long as they'll have me right now I'm, I'm happy to be here i love the kids i like i like the way we work you know we don't deal with a lot of discipline issues things like that uh it's really a good place to be yeah you know man when i uh travel around uh, the nation one of the one of the there's like three or four questions people always ask and um and when a guy comes up at, at like like an event i know i know it's coming he goes man is it is it really what they say it is, like the football thing in Texas? Is it, is it that intense? I said, man, whatever you think it is, it's like that times 10. <laughs> well, that's the people will ask me. We'll go to conferences out of state, and they're like, 
I mean, what's it like? I'm like, look, there's good football players all over the country, you know, Florida, California, you know, Alabama, in the north. There's football players everywhere. I said, if you come to Texas and watch a game, don't go to the big school. Don't go to Allen where there's 10,000 people there. I said, go to a small school where there's 2,000 people in the the whole community, and you go to a football game on Friday night and there's 4,000 people in the stands. Yeah. I said, that's the impressive part. We got <clears throat> we got 500 kids in our high school, but 2,000, 2,500 people will show up at a football game on Friday night. And it's a band and there's a drill team and there's cheerleaders and there's this and that and the other. I said, that's the huge part. You know, the, the players, there's players everywhere across the country. There's good coaches across the country everywhere. But the love of high school football in Texas, as far as communities actually shutting down yeah. and going to a game, it's something I haven't seen anywhere else. No, it's amazing. And, I, you know, I didn't even know small schools existed <laughs> because, you know, I went to Katy, and yeah. um, and that's a specialty school. You that know, used to be a small school, didn't it, a long time years ago? Years ago, yeah. man, like in the yeah. rice fields. But, yeah. you know, but um, but when I was there, I mean, it was like big 5A. It was, right. it was the big thing. And um, – and I uh, and so I didn't I didn't know I mean I, like I, I I I didn't sign up for football but they put me in there, <laughs> and um, cause that's what they do they put you, they put all the boys in football yeah. and I'm I'm in the band man and um and and I went to the football practice I'm like coach I don't think I'm supposed to be here and he goes yeah you are <laughs> and I said well and I said I don't think I should be doing this and he, he you need to come out to practice and you don't we don't have any gear for you so you need to just stand on the sideline right there with the rest of those boys so. I'm standing on the sideline, and these are like full – dude, I'm like five foot four and 120 yeah. pounds, and these are men. Yeah. Like 250-pound yeah. men slamming. I'm thinking, there is no way. <laughs> I'm like – so I thought, I'm like, Coach, I really need to be in the band. Yeah. This is not for me, man. You know, I wrestled in New Jersey yeah. before. I was, I was – I don't mind contact, but but not with that, that, yeah, <laughs> that it's size a, of a uh, person. You it's, know? it's weird. I mean, and, and look at the – you know, Katie now has a $62 million football stadium. Yeah. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Right. That's, I mean, honestly, I'm a football coach. That's a little much. <laughs> you know, I mean, $60 million for a stadium. Right. It, it, you know, that's crazy. But uh, at the, it, it, you can support it in this state. And, yeah. they, and they do it. And it kind of tells you, I guess, sadly, what the value system is sometimes when they're building a $60 million stadium. But, yeah. you know, you're letting teachers go or whatever. Um it's sad, but that, I mean, it's Texas. And yeah, and so uh, and so and so, like I go to Texas Tech, and I see that. And so there's a football thing going on there. But my first job at, at that little tiny town in Pettis, Texas, mm-hmm. it was uh, you know I get there in band, and so we've got you know I've got everybody in band. Everybody, I put a, you know, just like they do in football, I put everybody in the band. And so I've got all the kids. And the teachers loved it, man, because it was an extra conference period. Yeah. And so I put everybody in band. If you can't play, it doesn't matter. You just hold it and point it that way. Yeah. Just, yeah. That would have been me. <laughs> right. That would have been me. And so, uh, but here's the thing. So at halftime, you know, I've got I got football players that take off the shoulder pads yeah. and helmet, put the shirt back on. And we we got kids jumping over the snack bar to come out. And they got pep rally. Got, uh, maybe, maybe a third of my kids had a band uniform on. That's awesome. And everybody and we and we did the halftime show and the players run into the yeah. locker room and they they give extra time because all the kids have to do band you know and it was just it was amazing and I thought man this is kind of way it's supposed to be and we've had some kids do that here in the drums they'll go out we'll have halftime and they mm-hmm. take shoulder pads off go out there play the drums a little bit and come right back in yeah I love it it's different and not everybody can do it and if you're at a big school sometimes you you don't have that yeah. option you know but here our kids are able to explore a lot of things and do a lot of things and. Uh, you know where we might be, we might not be financially like some other schools and things like that. They they get a lot of experience here doing a lot of good things. 
Yeah, and I think it's good for teachers too because when I, when I signed up to be a band director, I had no idea it was gonna be running the long jump pit. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but listen, man, if you want to have rehearsals after, you gonna you better do the long jump pit yeah. if you expect that coach to let your track kids come on Wednesday. You're gonna that's be right. there. Scratch. You know, yeah. yeah that's it. But the worst part, man, I was in, I was down there by Fall City. How those Czech kids? I can't pronounce those names. Yes. I'm yelling out, "All right, yeah." The kid with one vowel. <laughs> And eight consonants. Yeah, that kid, you're, you're, up. you're next. Yeah. In the hole is the other kid <laughs> with a name that looks like I, yours. They'll do that around here with the Louisiana kids. A Bear and Hebert spell the same, pronounced yeah. totally different. I learned last uh, week. I learned about Trahan and Trahan. Trahan and Trahan. Yeah, that the, those. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, man, I appreciate you hanging oh, out. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I really enjoyed this. Awesome. Uh, Thanks for all you do, man. Those kids, uh, you know, the kids I get to spend time with here, um, they always talk about those adults that have truly made an impact in their lives. And there's a few names that come up regularly, and uh, yours is one of them. And oh, so, man, man. The, the stuff that you're trying to do, it works. I've paid those kids well if they keep bringing my name <laughs> up. I, I hope, man. You know, you never, sometimes you never know, and it may be 10 years later, so you'll see some kid at a gas station. And it may be the kid you never thought you even wrought, you know, reached or, you know, uh -huh. He just comes over at a gas station, starts talking to you and telling you hi and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, thanks you. And you walk away going, man, 10 years ago, I never thought that kid ever listened to me, cared about me, yeah. hated me. And then 10 years later, here he is thanking you and, you know, I mean, it, it, you never know. Yeah. Uh, you may not see the immediate impact of it, but you're having a difference, there's no doubt. It really is, man. You know, I always say those, uh, those kids will forever be a better actor than you are a teacher. Yeah. And even, you know, my 20th year of teaching, they'd fake me out every time. I would think, that kid, he just hates it. He hates me. Yeah. And um, and, I, and I would see the kid later, you know, like you said, Bowman. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. You? Yeah. Oh, man, you, you, man, I, man, your class was awesome. I was like, no, you hated it. No, I didn't. Yeah. No, you did. You said the words. <laughs> I hate it. You even said, I hate you. <laughs> It was like, man, you gave me the finger. Oh, I didn't and mean that. That was number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that, man. It was awesome. It, it, it's the funniest thing. Yeah. And it's like those kids you never would expect it are like the first ones. Yeah, I throw my hands up like they're about to hit me or something to get, protect <laughs> myself. And they're like, no, man, I'm giving you a hug. I'm right. like, hey, what? Huh? Are you crazy? Yeah. yeah it's, it's crazy. But, uh, man, I appreciate everything you do. You know, you take time to drive in from Houston all the time to help our little community. So, man, you, you're more valuable than you know, I promise you. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, man, thank you so much. You're welcome. High five, Anytime. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. All right, take care. Yeah.